the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, Episode 84. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you, my friend? I am good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm eating carrot cake and having some tea right now. Oh. That's my breakfast. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast in a long time, you know. I just I don't oh, I don't right. eat breakfast anymore. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm on my program still. Yeah. Not me. But well, yeah. Clearly I'm not eating breakfast really. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's be transparent about that. I'm eating cake. <laughs> I mean carrot cake has carrots right. in it. Thank you. That's why we're friends, Sandra. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> Nuts, that. <laughs> raisins, a good carrot cake. Uh, cheese? Represents, yeah. Cream mm-hmm. cheese, but... Healthy, healthy foods. <laughs> right. I feel very balanced. Um, yeah, I've... Uh, yeah, I've fallen off my little routine of my... Of my how I'm constructing my food... Um, my friend, I have a friend that just created a food journal uh, that's really beautiful and simple and kind of, because I don't do it myself. I don't keep a food journal at all for anything. No, I never, would never, never have. do that. Yeah. I can go ahead and say <laughs> that I will never do that. <laughs> well, a pretty book might make me think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a whole nother tangent because of what she was doing. I was like, Maybe I should just make a book of foundations for people to make lists on myself. Hmm. Instead of trying to pitch this thing or have this project, like, just start right here. I've already, I know how to do the blurb book now. Maybe I make my own little thing. Anyhow, brain, ideas going. Yes, all the mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, but that, that's probably not going to happen right now because this month I am taking it slow. I'm trying to not do all the things. I feel yeah. a little tapped out at the end of this year. I feel like the well is dry. Well, you know, this is a good time to not do much. <laughs> yeah. Really. I mean, I know that there seems like there's a finish line because we're approaching the end of the year, but uh, I don't know. I'm pulled back too. Yeah. Although I am working on a program. I've re <laughs> I've reinvented I know, I know. But you know what? Well, I'm not going to talk about it too much today because I need to write it out first, mm-hmm. what I think about it. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I put things on such a high shelf as far as, like, the way they should be presented. It, perhaps it's a little bit of a perfection thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to... to bring it down a notch, I think. And anyway, so I'm revisiting a program, the midlife solution. I love it. I'm so happy to hear that, Sandra. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm writing about it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. But, uh, 
I don't know when it's going to present itself, but I'm hoping the end, the beginning of the year. We'll see. Well, if I um, recall, and no pressure, but you knocked out a whole 365 day book last year. I did that. Okay. I know. So you did I that. Did. <laughs> I know. I did that. And put that out into the world in January. And that was amazing is amazing. So I, I have no doubt that once you set your mind to what you want to do and how, how when it starts coming together for you, like you'll make that happen when it feels right. Right. And that's kind of what we have to listen to as well. And to circle back to recovery and sobriety, like we can hear those things now. We can listen to our knowings and to our ideas and to what needs to happen now or what needs to just be shelved, like put up on that high shelf for a while and then you can bring it down. Right. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. Good. I'm working on something, too. I'm not ready to share, but um, working on a little tiny offering. Uh, not tiny. It's a sweet uh, amount of time. Um, but I'm working on offering as well. So we'll see what happens. So that that's kind of stuff I'll talk about in the new year. Um, but for now, I'm resting. <laughs> Good. I'm, you know, I'm in my, by the time this airs, I'll be on this break from social media for a couple of weeks. And not just social media, like my phone. Basically, I'm trying to have a different relationship with my phone. And that's not, that doesn't have all to do with social media. Um, it has to do with just my time spent there, how, my, how much time I'm attached to it. Like mm-hmm. physically removing it from my, from the room. Like, and not just having it around or seeing when a text comes in or n- nothing's an emergency for me, Sandra. Like, there's no emergencies in my life, really. I don't need to have it with me all the time. No, I know. So I get it. Yeah. So I've been listening to that. Uh, I'd like to give a status update on the disco ball that I um am, that I made in ceramics. Uh huh. On the trophy that I'm making, I glazed it with um that palladium glaze to have it turn out super shiny. So I'm it does not look like that at all now. It looks very dull and just the promise of it is 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 what's keeping me going here because it looks pretty boring right now. Um. But that class, something has clicked, Sandra, finally. Like, I'm relaxed now in that class, and I'm able to make things on the wheel. Wow. It's been a big (laughs) learning, you know, because I was so uptight. I was so pissed off at the clay, like really pissed off, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. make anything. Oh, surprise. Sounds like your teacher kind of knows what Mm -hmm. he's doing, right? He really does. He's been (laughs) – he's been – um. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He was telling me, I can't remember if I shared this or not, so forgive me if I'm repeating it on the air, but he just basically said, I can tell your personality by how you work on the wheel. And I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking to the class, but, you know, I can tell if you're impatient. I can tell if you're a perfectionist. I can tell if you want things how you want them. And like everything he was saying, I'm like, check, check, check. And he was like, "That's the clay doesn't care. It just doesn't care. The clay is going to do what it needs to do. And you are not the boss of the clay. <laughs> and I was like, isn't oh that God, funny? <laughs> I'm not the boss of anything, really, except for myself. You know, that's funny. I've said that often about um, when I'm teaching kids how to sew. I can tell a lot about a child's personality. Mm. Uh, yeah based on how receptive they are to learning how to sew. Yeah. A lot. 
Right. So it's the same. So I'm sure he sees me. So yesterday I was just so peaceful. I was at the wheel. I have a lot of pressure to make a lot of things in a short amount of time in there because you have to make it to a certain point so that it can dry and go in the fire. There's a couple firings before the end of the semester. So we have this kind of a tight timeline. And um, the biggest thing I've done is not look at my notes anymore because I was looking at my notes while I was trying to do throw these things on the wheel and it was throwing me off. And by trusting my intuition, trusting my body and my muscle memory that I'm going to remember how to do it um, has been a whole nother lesson, Sandra. And it's relating to so many things in my life. So I'm really glad I took the class. I'm really glad I kind of pushed through when I wanted to quit because I did want to quit at the beginning of the semester. Um, but I knew I had something to learn there and it wasn't just how to throw a pot. <laughs> you think you'll keep doing it beyond the class? That's a good question. Um, I'm kind of on the fence because I would like to do it again just for that whole thing that I'm learning these different parts about my personality and about um, it's relating to recovery for me and my family life, um, these lessons. But I have six classes yet left until I graduate from junior college so I can transfer mm -hmm. to Sonoma State. Um, and I have some decisions to make. I have some I'm looking into um, art therapy and teaching art therapy. I don't need a four year degree for that. But I'm also thinking, do I want my BFA? And I kind of want my BFA um, for no other reason than I want it personally. I just want it. I want to finish something. And I, when I set out, I wanted to finish the four-year, even though it's not going to be four years, but this traditional route of college. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, you got something went a little wonky, but... Um, so what about you? Is there anything else you want to promote or share or what you're doing or get into it? Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you introduce our awesome guest? Yeah. Because, yeah. I am super excited about our guest this week. Um, I just got re... I mean, it seems like we recorded this so long ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And now I'm just, I got, I got reinvigorated this morning. Um, so this week we have on the podcast, Sherry Hampton, and you may know Sherry from, uh, Instagram is served up sober. Sherry shares because she wants to influence your addictive behavior and habits. She wants you to live and she believes if you hear from enough of us that recovery is possible, you will believe that you have the power to change your life as well. So Served Up Sober is about recovery and it's about the struggle, the struggle to thrive in life despite our addictions. Uh, what began as a simple blog about sobriety two years ago has grown into so much more. Served is Sherry's baby. It is her passion. And the more she connects with the recovery community, the more ways she finds to evolve and elevate her game even more. Um, currently, she blogs and hosts the Served Up Sober podcast. She's and you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, she sponsors Sober AF, a social meetup geared towards living um, life alcohol-free. And she's literally on the verge of opening a nonprofit organization designed to simply hold space for the recovering community, uh, the recovery community. Um, she believes that vulnerable is the new arrogant. 
and that's her tagline. Uh, we had a great conversation with Sherry, and um, in the podcast, kind of in the when we're chatting, she mentions uh, a podcast. She mentions her doctor, who's Doctor Greer. And he, when we got down to it, like after we stopped recording, she was telling us like how he was like one degree away from Freud, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. very well known. She was his last patient. And um, that's a very big part of her story, which we're going to let her share that. But can you share, she shared um, where we could learn more about Dr. Greer. Right. So Dr. Greer is David Allen Greer's uh, father, David Allen Greer. You may know him from... In Living Color, surely, uh, hilarious guy. But he was on um, a WTF pod with Mark Marin. Um, Tammy looked it up. It's episode eight thirty two, and he talks about his dad quite a few times in that interview. So, um, if you want to hear about hear more about Dr. Greer, go back, go listen to that WTF uh, episode. But it's it's a fascinating Sherry's relationship with him is it's fascinating yeah it was really beautiful and I when we met her at she recovers it was brief um and she talks about that like about how um her experience at she recovers was and we just talked about so many different things and um and this movement that she's starting and getting the confidence to start it and have these meetups in person and building a nonprofit. And I know she just was really inspiring to me. It sounds like she has a really super supportive um, partner as well. And I know that can be, you know, that's so key in recovery to have someone on the same page and to support you. So I hope you guys enjoy Sherry. Yes, you guys enjoy Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hi. Welcome to the show. It's early for us California girls, right, Sherry? I was like seven. <laughs> I've been up to six. Like, what the hell? We feel like, we, feel you... like we get the truth really early. We want to just surprise people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before your guards all start coming up. But this is when we get the, the, the truthiest truth out of, <laughs> out of people. <laughs> I get it. It's too early to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so t- tell our listeners where you're from, Sherry, where you're talking to us from. San Diego, San Diego. I'm a California native. Oh, I am too. Yeah, I'm from Northern? Southern California. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm from um, San Bernardino County area. Yeah, um, I know that well. I know yeah. that area well. Yeah, so that's where I'm from. So that's like, what, a couple hours away from you? It's about two hours. I was born in Pasadena and, ah. you know, so I've, I've kind of gone from Pasadena to L.A. to San Diego, just just all up and down that area. My grandmother lived in Paris. so I know the San Bernardino Riverside okay. County area really well, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're talking about Lake Paris, right? Yeah. 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 Or Paris, Lake. but yeah, the other Paris. <laughs> <laughs> they have one in Texas, too, don't they? Yes. Right. We do have a Paris, Texas, too, which I'm sure neither of you have ever been. But no. <laughs> yeah. I, I was born in Pomona, if that puts things in perspective of where I lived. And then Alta Loma and Upland is where me and my husband are from. This is going to yeah. be so exciting right. to all the listeners, I'm sure. That <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're talking about, Sherry. <laughs> Here I am. Oh. Well, Sherry, normally we start the podcast by asking our guests how they came to the decision to quit drinking. Can you share with our listeners, you know, I mean, you don't have to give us the whole, all of the sordid details, but um, 
as much as you would like to share, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, you you know it's it's funny. I, I did a, a post on the gram the other day. I think I logged. I think I, I quoted that I logged about two hundred thousand drinking and using hours, and so it it was a long and winding road, right? But towards the end, my my mom came to me one day and and she she said, you know, I I I I can't breathe. You know that that what's happening with you has really caused me to to stop breathing. Mm. And oh my gosh, you're I know, cry. right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what are you talking about? You know, I mean, I, I didn't realize that I was taking hostages. You know, my addiction was taking hostages. And um, I didn't quit the next night. I mean, in fact, I went home. I was like, oh my God, my mom can't breathe. I'm, you know, I really got drunk. But I think maybe two nights after that, I quit. I mean, there was, I don't know what it was about that conversation and, and that experience that I shared with her. And she wasn't, she wasn't judging and she wasn't pushy. She was just exhausted. And I think it caused me to look at, at where I was in a, in a different way. And I quit February wow. 2015. How old, because it's how such old a selfish now? act, right? Even. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was asking how old she was at this point. Me or my mom? Um, you. you. So let's see. I'll be 54 on, I'll be, damn it. How old will I be? 1964 is when I was born. How how old will I be in February? You're Come on, guys. Yours, you're, you're, my husband are the same age. So um, 55, 54? 55. So that means, yeah. and then that would be my fourth year. So I guess I was 51. 50 wonderful yeah. okay good yeah good year. well and what I was saying was it's such a selfish act even though we feel like worthless pieces of shit while we're doing it um you know you can't you you don't you're not thinking of anybody else and it, that's just a miracle that that kind of zapped you into some kind of like present reality of of how your actions were affecting people around you I think that that's just you know, that you could hear her for what she was saying and, and for her being brave enough to say it. Mm -hmm. She said it. And I didn't, I think it was just the the way she framed it. There was something about the way she said it that time. I mean, because we had talked about my drinking for years, right. But the way she said it that one time, just, just kind of hit me. Mm -hmm. Did you guys just hear that notification? No. Mm -mm. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) We did not. That's oh. fantastic. Well, I'm glad you could hear her too. I'm sure she must be so pleased. It must be oh, feel so too. relaxed and, and like knowing that you're safe and knowing that you're treating yourself well. She's tickled. She's tickled pink. We, I mean, we, we're just super excited about how things, I mean, the, the, 2015 was a crazy year all the way around for us. It was, it was a difficult year, but I think she's really um, just happy that I've been able to maintain this and, and move in a different direction. I think she finally gets it that I'm, I'm doing something different. Right. Right. Well, what, what, what did you do? What were the steps that you took? Oh my God. You, you know, it was, it was interesting because we were a close knit family. I, I worked for my stepdad at the time and um, my biological dad was, was, was sick. And so there was, there was some pressure there for me to really just kind of get my ducks in a row because there was a lot going on. And, you know, my dad came to me, my stepdad came to me and he said, listen, if, if you don't get any help, I'm, I'm going to have to fire you. You know, because I was binging and, you know, coming to work you know, a couple of times a week and it was just awful. 
And we had a, a, a family friend and they said, listen, you got two choices. You can either go to Dr. Greer or you can go to Dr. Brown. And Dr. Brown had been a previous psychiatrist of mine years ago. Uh, he broke up with me because I didn't quit drinking. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. said, well, I'll, I'll go to Dr. Greer, I think. And yeah, I struggled with it because Dr. Greer was a family friend. He was a psychiatrist, heavy hitter. Um, and he was also raw. And so I was tripping about the raw piece. I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to do this thing. I can't eat and I can't drink. And it's just going to be problematic. But my back was against the wall, you know, and they said, well, just go, you know, you, you, you got a choice because I'm going to fire you. And so I went to Dr. Greer's house and actually had the opportunity to live with him and, and his wife. And, you know, he was a retired psych, uh, psychiatrist. His wife um, actually is an anthropologist turned holistic practitioner, Reiki, and and just all this yummy stuff, right? So mm-hmm. between the two of them, they, I mean, I was their, I was their project. I was, I, I, I know that I was his last uh, patient and they just, they just performed some magical things for me in their house. They would only let me stay seven days at a time. So I didn't get sober the first time. And in fact, I didn't even get sober before he passed away, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But, but he kind of started this, this series of healing and each probably went to the house maybe a dozen times. Right. So I, I think sometimes people will listen to my videos or they'll get snippets of it and think, Oh my God, fantastic. She went to their house and they, they sobered her up and life was, no, it wasn't like that. You know, I would go and he would say, okay, kiddo, you go, go do your thing. And I would be like, no, 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 no. I'm doing so well. He said, exactly. But you don't live here. <laughs> right. You need to go out and live your life. Right. 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 So I would go out and I, you know, I do good. I, you know, I'd have my raw vegetables, all my supplements, and I'd do really good for about three weeks. And then I would, I'd drop off. Um, sometimes I would go back right away and, you know, other times I'd stay out a couple of months, two or three months. Um, and that's how we did it. Hmm. You know, we just, it took a while. Hmm. It took a while. Each time was something different and, and I would always feel awful like you know doctor I, I, I relapsed again and he said well come on back come on back let's 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 see what's going on hmm. I think it, I think he had a joy doing it you know what I mean because it was just his God, I'm so impressed by the story and this man I wish that I wish um I'm sorry that he's passed away because God, that just that whole, you know, because it is, it's serving the whole person, right? It's such a holistic approach. And I think that's why we talk about all the many different tools and avenues and things, because not just one thing fits and works for everybody. Exactly. You have to throw the book at it. Exactly. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a big, it, it, it's a big, big project. You know what I mean? And, and he, I think he, he was tickled, you know, cause this is what he did. I don't know. And I, I, I don't mean to name drop it. You know, David Allen Greer. Yes. That's his dad. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's his dad. Well, I love David and Allen so Greer. I say that because if you think David is funny, Dr. Yes. Greer was even more funny. <laughs> right. So he, I mean, he was, you know, he was the father of that. So just he had a lot of humor and and just a ton of of life experience that that it was just it you know it was just an experience wow it was an experience for sure 
Wow. In the rooms, they talk about finding someone that has what you want. Did he have what you wanted? Like, did you see that in him? You know, he he totally did. I, I never had uh, a grandfather figure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my relationship with my, my, my biological father was was just complicated. And, and doctor just represented all of that. You know, the first night I was there, I just, you know, I was, I was emotional mess. I'm crying and, you know, I'm sobbing and, and snotty nose crying. And he just comes in the room and he just sits there. Just he didn't grab me. He didn't say there, there, don't cry. He just came in and was just present. And so I immediately knew that I was safe with him. He's big. I mean, big guy, six, five. Uh, he, he was a polio survivor, so he kind of walked with a limp, but just had such a presence. Mm. And, um, you know, he was just, he was that person that I, I felt completely safe with and, and, and just completely protected, completely protected and understood. He would tell me, kiddo, you don't have to quit drinking. <laughs> you know, and I, mm. I remember that. What do you mean? I thought that's why I was here. And he said, no, you're here to stop thinking life can mean something if you don't quit drinking. But if you want to drink, you know. That's just how he was. Mm. Sherry, you know what I'm just remembering right now? So uh, several months ago, I was on a road trip and I listened to David Allen Greer on the WTF podcast with Mark Maron. Mm -hmm. And he talked about his dad a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. You're going to have to. (laughs) Dr. Greer was just amazing. Just his reference in life. Just his reference in life. Uh, just made him just a fantastic mentor for me, and he 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 caught me when 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 the when the moment was right. Um, it was it was just exactly what I needed when I needed it. Just everything worked for me. It's like the planets aligned and said, "Okay, your your dad's going to be sick, and this amazing father figure is going to come in." And it's like I couldn't have planned it any perfectly, you know, for what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, I hear so many times, you know, when you see people going back out or whatever you want to call it, having relapses, um, you know, one time somebody told me, you know, they just weren't done, you know, they just had a few more drinks in them. <laughs> and yeah, you know, sometimes you do, sometimes, you yeah, do. sometimes you do. I think for him though, and I, I, like now I don't, I don't really refer to things as relapses. Because he would always tell me, just come on back, just come on back. And so now I'm realizing that they were just lessons. You know right. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Each time I would go back, I would, and finally it dawned on me, Sherry, you need to get out of this relationship. You know what I mean? Everything started pointing toward the reasons why right. I would go back. Right. We call those, and and somebody else coined this phrase, but sober limits. It's like, you know, whatever you were doing, that was outside of your sober sober limits. And, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to really start redefining those limits. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, nope, that makes me thirsty. So, <laughs> you know, I need to not be with that person or go to that job. I mean, sometimes it's that severe, you know, you have to break up with jobs and, and people and, and re- relationships and situations, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. God, I, I really like that sober limits. I'm going to yeah. use that in at my next event, by the way, I'm stealing it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's go for ahead. the taking. I it's for the taking. I won't mention the woman who uh, coined it, but she is in some of our sober groups, and she's so she's always laying down the wisdom. It's so good, yeah. and she, I, you know, she probably heard it from somebody else, but yeah, it's a good one. Feel yeah. free. 
<laughs> I got it. I'm writing it down, literally. Yeah. So that was most of 2015, Sherry? Like, that was kind of the... So... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you know, 2015 was crazy, and I, I don't, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of 2015, but, you know, I, I lost my dad probably, so I got sober in February, and then... My dad passed away in May, and then we lost like four other people, including Dr. Greer, in that mm. year. Right? So it was just, wow. and it's weird how my sobriety was just defiant badass. You know, and it was like you are not chasing death with a with a cocktail. You know what I mean? I just got really pissed. <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. But it was probably the best year for me to get sober, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It really You does. know what I mean? Yeah. It well, was like... You felt sturdy, probably. Like, you felt mm-hmm. like if, if you could do that, you could freaking do anything, right? Like, anything. you can just... If I can hold on to my sobriety during all of these hard things, um, yeah. I'm, I'm invincible. That's kind of how I feel when hard things happen. Yeah, I just totally... It's like, you know, cut me off the track, whatever, you know? It's just it's not... I, the trivial things that used to lead me to drink now, I just, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, the um, the kind of dork in me needs to know your exact sobriety date because mine's in February of 2015. So I'm just curious. Valentine's Day. Ah, okay. I'm the third. So you're the 14th. <laughs> When's yours? Uh, um, February oh, 3rd, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Happy birthday. Well, happy early birthday. I'll have yeah. to remember. <laughs> yeah. still got ways to go. Let's just claim that now. All right. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> No, but it's, it was, um, but that whole year unfolded. It's so beautiful. I mean, it's at the time, your first year of sobriety feels long and drudgery sometimes, but it's like, it's so, um, I look back very affectionately now on it. Like I I did things differently. I actually took action and chose to live differently and that I hadn't done that for 44 years, you know, and then finally change it. Hmm? Do we get to talk about you guys a little bit in in this? Or like, can I ask? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we're we're open books, but uh, but we'd rather talk can about we, you. Can can we please talk about ourselves? <laughs> it's not about me. I mean, let's talk about me. me. I mean, yeah, let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> I mean, so I mean, what what prompted you to get sober in that first year? Mm. I'll make a real short version because I know I've talked about this before on the pod, but um, I went to the doctor too, Sherry. Um, My last day drinking was Groundhog Day, which is kind of funny. Um, But what prompted me was just the incomprehensible demoralization that I felt for years. And I was drinking 42-ish drinks a week, um, being really secretive. And then I went to the doctor and she put me on an elimination diet. Um, I told the truth for the first time on my medical intake form um, as much truth as I could at the time. It wasn't the full truth now that I look back, but I told her enough to alarm her and for her to put me on an elimination diet. And she asked me to start with alcohol. And then I just, I, I just uh, couldn't do the whole elimination diet. I focused on alcohol and gluten for a minute. And then I said, no, this, this alcohol thing's too hard. I clearly have a problem. And that's what started me on my path. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And who and to your doctor? <clears throat> Yeah. 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 I had a, I had a doctor too, that was willing to confront me about it and and not everybody, not everyone has those doctors, you know, Mm -hmm. especially just a general practitioner. Um, 
and my doctors kind of also what planted the seed in me, although it really, I left there pissed off. I was like, whatever lady, I'm, <laughs> I'm depressed. I need Prozac. <laughs> that is alcohol is not my problem. And I was angry at her, but, um, for bringing it up, but no, similarly, um, you know, the story you told about your mom, Sherry, I had, I had a similar experience. My son actually, you know, said, mom, I don't like it when you're drunk. And, um, he had said that before and, you know, I just shoved it under the carpet, but for whatever reason, that time I heard him. And how old was he when he, when he said it? He was, uh, 10 or 11. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old enough to know what was going yeah. on. He was bummed. Like, oh, very oh. bummed feeling unsafe. I think, you know, worried about me, all of those things. Um, and you know, like I said, it's unfortunately he had said that to me a couple of times before, but for whatever reason, you know, in July, 2014, I, I heard him that time and I woke up at two in the morning, just sweating through my sheets. And, um, like I did, you know, every morning at 2 AM mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had a, you know, what people call a spiritual experience. I, I did. I can't explain it any other way. I just asked for help to the universe. You know, uh, I just said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I can't, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, that was it. One step, one foot in front of the other after that. I got, I got another question. Just, just from, from that, do you, do you feel like your spiritual experience has shifted from how you felt then and how you experience spirituality now has it changed for you because it's changed for me I'm just curious well you know somewhat I I definitely can't explain it better you know I always said that I I've always had a higher power or or God even but my God was like the upshit creek God you know where I would be like oh God just get me home from you know (laughs) from this bar at 2 a.m. you know like that's the God I had when I was upshit creek um and And, uh, so I definitely have a different relationship with my higher power now. (laughs) I thank my higher power for, uh, you know, keeping me safe in those times, but I definitely have more gratitude in my life. I am, you know, way more thankful for, you know, what I have, I wake up and say a prayer every morning and, 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 and thank God for my sobriety. Um, so, uh, I definitely have a different, I think I do have a different relationship for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, mine's mm-hmm. night and day, Sherry. It couldn't be, you know, it's night and day from what I used to think and do and can't believe. That's why I'm always laughing about the woo because I'm like, I can't even believe I believe in this stuff now because I'm wide open now. I'm like, I want to believe it all, you know, not to be Mm -hmm. totally gullible, but why not? You know, if it brings me some joy, some beautiful crystals, put them out for the moon last night, I'm not hurting anybody. Exactly. (laughs) So, so I'm curious. So tell us, yeah. How, how did you, how has that changed for you, your spiritual experience from getting sober? It's totally changed in the sense that, you know, in that 
in that year, I was I was reading Conversations with God at that time. And I'm actually going to I'm going to say that for my toolbox. But yeah, it. It, it went from being, I, I was raised in, under a lot of religious dogma, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so when all the stuff kind of popped off, if, if you will, in, in, in 2015, I was like, damn it, this is just, this is crazy. <laughs> this is, let me, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just absolutely insane because, you know, I was thinking, okay, I knew that my dad was going to die because I was, he was, he was on that road. And I, I knew that was coming. And then the other ones, I was kind of like, okay. But I remember thinking, this is not going to happen to Dr. Greer. God wouldn't do this to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not going to happen in this year because God knows that I need this one. And, and so when it happened, I had to close my Bible and open up something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I just had to. I had to say, no, 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 no. This this God ain't working for me. <laughs> I need to find mm-hmm. I need find something else. And so I started reading conversations with God and it gave me a different, more spiritual experience rather than a literal judgmental dogmatic experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then so over the years, it's just kind of morphed. It just continues to morph into more, uh, more higher power and also higher self. So the more I begin to believe about that, I begin to see God in me rather than God out there. So I'm like, whoa, I'm, I am kind of a badass, sort of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's, some, there's some energy and there's some universe in me, too, that's pretty amazing. Whereas before, I didn't feel that. I agree. I, I totally, totally get that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when I first started going to the room, Sherry, I was like seven months sober. Yeah seven months sober. And, um, I went to coffee with this nice lady and, um, I didn't believe in God. Nobody was going to tell me to believe in God. And I wasn't an alcoholic and I wasn't going to call my, like I had all these things I was saying at meeting level. And we went to coffee afterwards and she's like, maybe, do you think you could think about it as being your higher self, that God is your highest self? And when she said Mm -hmm. that, I just kind of cocked my head like a dog. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. I wrote it in my journal and I thought about it and I got up early in the morning and would, you know, ruminate and write about it and think, yeah, I can believe that I, for now to get me to wherever it was I was going with the program. I was like, I can, I do think God is in me. And I mm-hmm. do think that is my, my conscience or my, um, my consciousness. Um, it just everything I thought I can buy into that. And that was my kind of my gateway was her inviting me to think that way, which mm-hmm. has kind of morphed and changed. But I, I did. So when you were reading these books and you're kind of looking for things, um, did you ever wander into the rooms and, you know, listen to things there? I mean, so I, I did. I, I definitely on day one when, when I, you know, after my mom's um, opening, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah opened that cavern for me. And I said, Oh my God, I, I got to figure this out. I, I absolutely, I went to the rooms. I didn't know anything else. And, you know, even in this four years, when I think about what we've created as a sober community, mm-hmm. we've created an option, right? Where mm-hmm. four years ago, I don't know if it was there. No, you're right. It totally. wasn't there. <laughs> and so I was yeah. like, well, shoot, I, I, um, and I meant to say shit there. Guys, <laughs> say whatever you I want really, here. Like, caught it. I just caught it. But yeah, I went. I mean, day one, day one, I, I went in there, and 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 it brought back all the negative 
things because I had always said years before, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't want to go to AA. You know what I mean? Yeah. AA, mm-hmm. if AA means I'm an alcoholic, I'm not an alcoholic. Right. But in 2015, I went and I was, I was a hot mess. And, you know, I, I was fortunate that there were people that did grab hold of me. And I think that's one of the benefits. Well, there's two benefits. Number one, AA is, is tried and true and it's consistent and it's always available. And free. And number two, it's free. It's free. It's free. free. Yeah. And then there's always going to be someone there that will hold you up until you can hold yourself up. Yeah. It always happens. And so it happened for me. I went in there and, you know, I'm just kind of slumped in the chair and, oh my God, it's like, I don't know why it takes like five days to sober up. If if you were just like me, I mean, I was still drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just my eyes were heavy. My skin is puffy. I'm just a mess. And someone came up to me and she said, hey, you know, uh, not trying to push, but, you know, let me just be your sponsor until you find one. It was perfect. Mm. It was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what I learned, though, and I think I, I talked about this a, a, maybe two years ago, maybe a year ago, that your sponsor doesn't have to like you to be your sponsor. You know what, you know what I mean? Right. I don't think she necessarily liked me. Right. Right? <laughs> no. So I would, I would call her and I'm saying, hey, it's me. And she said, hey, are you doing? Are you sober? I'm like, yep. And um, what are you doing today? Are you getting any meetings? And I say, yeah. And she say, okay, good. Call me later. And my feelings would be so hurt. I'm like, oh my gosh, she knows it's me. And how come she's not talking? And, <laughs> you know, it's, now I can look back on it and say she had a life. I didn't have a life. You know what I mean? I'm uh, the one that was, was sitting somewhere waiting on someone that could talk to me for five hours. And, and she was busy. Yeah. But yeah. She, she, she got me where I needed to go. I didn't stay in the rooms really, really long. Mm-hmm. But I can admit when I'm desperate and, and I need to... Uh, like a a quick dose of reality, I, I'll hit a meeting in a heartbeat. I sure will. Yeah. yeah. I love you. You can just slide into a seat and slide right out. You don't have, it's no, yeah. No, I like what you're saying right. about the sponsor thing, because I think in the beginning, I thought like maybe your sponsor had to be your friend. Um, yeah. And like that's not the role. That's not the role yeah. of a sponsor. And I'm learning that from sponsoring women that it's like, no, I'm, I'm here. Our time is to talk about AA and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I do lots of other things. So sometimes it spills into that and, you know, a friendly conversation, but really that's why you're asking me to be your sponsors. Cause you, you want what I have maybe. So I'll share that, but you're right. Kind of the boundaries it teaches, it teaches both people about boundaries, right? So mm-hmm. your sponsor clearly had them. She and clearly had she's them. She's teaching you by example. Yeah. 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 I was all over the place. I thought she was just going to be there. You know, I know you're in traffic. Don't you want to talk to me? I'm like, no. <laughs> just, are you sober? Right. Are you and, I, and I mean, really, you know, their true role is is as somebody to take you through the steps. But, you know, even just to have somebody that you can be accountable to is so is so helpful and, and so and, and, and almost essential, I think. Do you guys think that somebody just anybody that you can be accountable to? I absolutely think that. And, you know, getting back to, to, I mean, I don't think you can compare a sponsor to Instagram, but you know what, what really kept me sober after I, you know, she was, was there and, and I knew that I couldn't go back to a meeting and lie. I just felt like if, if I was going to go, I wanted to be, it kept me 
feeling like you know what you're going to get to a meeting at at six o'clock tonight, and you know you don't want to go there after you have a drink or. So I, she, she kept me accountable. The rooms kept me accountable. Yeah. But I don't know if it always has to be that because I know Instagram keeps me accountable too. All this shit I've been talking on Instagram, I do not want to have to go. Right. Go on, right? Safe face, right? right. I don't want to have to go on there and say, hey, guys, you know, I, I took a drink last night. And so I think I think you can, you just have to find who you respect and who you admire and who you don't want to disappoint, whether it's the uh, a sponsor or a, a group of, of women or that, that, that you have kind of bonded with or, you know, it's a social group. I, for me, it's it's all it was all of that. She kept me accountable. And now there's a lot of things that keep me accountable. Other people, other people relying on me keeps me accountable. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of the show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. I'm curious because when I met you at She Recovers, I think, gosh, towards the end of the weekend, maybe. And um, and I said, oh, I met Sherry from Served Up Sober. And everybody was like, oh, yeah. Haven't you been following her? And I was like, no, why didn't anybody tell me this? <laughs> They're like, oh, she does all these great videos and she's so great. And they, you know, like everybody knew you. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out. And so um, I came home and was watching your videos on your Instagram. And I was thinking, so when did Instagram, do you remember? I don't know if you don't know dates necessarily, but when did that become a place for you to deposit all that? Like, when did you figure that out, that that was a good place for you to share your recovery? Well, you know, once... When, one of the things that, that, that Dr. Greer and I always talked about when we would be together is he, he said, you know, kiddo, you, you are a giver by nature. And he, his, his eyes would well up. And he, and he, he was just a fantastic weaver of stories, right? And so he would he talked to me about Jackie Robinson. This is a long story, but trust me, give me a minute. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll get All right, to we that. have time. <laughs> <laughs> But he, he talked to me about Jackie Robinson and he was like, you know, I want you to understand that Jackie Robinson loved baseball so much that he would have done that for free. There's certain people in life. He said, I want you to think about Louis Armstrong. He would have played on the street corner. That's how much he loved it. He said, you, you are such a giver that you do it to your detriment. He said, but you do it for free. He said, how awesome is it for you to get sober and then put yourself in a position to do what we're doing now for other people. So he planted the seed early, 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 even though I went back out and drank after that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, but he, he planted it early. And so when I finally got sober, and now that I realize it, I did get sober before he passed because I got sober in February. He passed in September. Mm. So when I, when I finally got sober, I was racing to try to do this. And so initially I wanted to open up a home that did for other people what he and his wife, Corey had done for me. So, so that was the, the first thing. How, how do I open this home? And you know, I got all derailed. Cause I, you know, you need licensing, you need this, you need that. And, 
And I had never been on Instagram. In fact, all of my friends were teasing me. I wasn't social at all. I wasn't on Facebook. I, I didn't know anything about the gram. And, but I felt like, oh, well, how, how am I going to get people to know about me? And how are they going to know that, that sobriety is awesome? And so, um, you know, I, 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 you know, it's funny how w- when you decide that you want to be open and honest, I still want it to look good. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. Because you're, hu- you're human. You're human. Right. <laughs> open and honest and raggedy, you know, at the same time. And so I that's how I, I went back to, to Miss Glam. I call her. She's my partner. And she's also a fantastic graphic designer. And, and I went to her and I said, um, you know, I'm starting this thing. And I came out to her about uh, being an alcoholic and all of this. And that's a that's a whole other story. But anyway, she created this logo for me for Served Up Sober. I said, oh, OK, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to get on here. And lo and behold, if other people weren't on there, I was stunned. I was like, wait a minute, there's other people. <laughs> there's a world of this. Isn't that so funny? I, I, I've heard that from other women or uh, other people too. And and um, it's so funny when people are like, oh my God, I had no idea there was this whole online world and all the hashtags and everything. Yeah. I thought I was the only one. That That's such a lesson if mm. we catch that. You know, it's like, no, you're not the only one with good or bad experiences. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not the only one. You're like, I'm here. So that's how, <laughs> right? That's how it started. I, I yeah. started, it was actually as a way to get people, to try to get people following me so that when I did open the home, I would have an audience. So I almost started it like an ad campaign. Mm -hmm. But what happened is I changed, life changed, my experiences changed, and and what I began to see was needed and where my value maybe was just started to morph into something different. And one day I did a video and Sober Up Buttercup, I I gotta check on her because she hasn't been really... Oh, you're right. yeah, like where the hell? I, okay, I mean, we, yeah. we need to check. Her. We do need to. We do her. need but to she, check on her, right? I haven't, I haven't heard from her in a while, and she reached out to me and she said your video really just, just did it for me. It was short, it was sweet, and have you ever thought about podcasting? Um, and and that's where the thought because I was blogging, but you know, writing was hard for me. You know, I started the blog, served of sober, but I couldn't do it consistently, but I would always get on and shoot a quick video that usually had something to do with how I was feeling. And so she said, have you ever thought about it? And I was like, hmm, maybe that's going to be something I can do more consistently. And, um, you know, just the ideas for serve just started to change and morph and grow. And um, the videos just kept coming. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to try to do the podcast. So I, I did that. And now service is just, just growing into other things. I'm going to do a nonprofit for it. And I think I've, I think I've finally found my sweet spot. Um, I want to keep as true to what Dr. Greer and I talked about, you know, years ago. But I just have to see how it, how it develops. I'm open. You know, I'm just open to the universe. You know, just, just steer this thing. I love it. It's all about... Like they talk about this all the time, um, like service is what keeps us kind of sober, helping another Definitely. person who shares that same problem with you. Um, there's a connection there. And it's really, um, it gets me up in the morning, right? It gets me up to talk to you and to talk to Sandra and to do this thing we do. And I, I it really fills me up. 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, for for me, I know when Holly and Laura were doing the home podcast, that was, like I said, it was like Wednesday morning on the dot. If they hadn't put an episode up, I'm like, what's going on? Like, I need this. I need this connection. And through that, I found Instagram. And um, I had been on Instagram a little bit and dabbled, but it really started to bloom around that time. And you guys Mm -hmm. were right. Like four years ago, this wasn't here. All of, the, mm-hmm. all of these things were not, um, it's just kind of blossomed. It's been really cool. Really mm-hmm. cool. And, and Sherry, I love what you say, what you're saying about just keeping yourself open and sort of following the breadcrumbs. And sometimes things don't turn, you know, they don't end up looking like exactly like you imagine them to look or, or, you know, or maybe something doesn't come immediately to, to fruition as you, as you envision it. But if you just keep yourself open, it's amazing what opportunities sort of start to arise, right? Oh, totally, totally. But you have to, I mean, you, you know, that, that comparison bug will, will, will bite you, you know, and, and, and leave a horrible scar if you let it. I mean, you have to really just say, hey, I'm not going to take this too seriously. I'm not going to take it too personal. I'm just going to set my intention. And the, whenever I do that, then the right people come into my life, you know, mm. but when I start mm-hmm. saying, oh my God, look at how they're doing it. And I need to do it like that. Or, oh shoot, is my stuff supposed to be like this? Last year, when I, when I first started the, the meetups, I had, I got the idea from, and I'm going to say her name right. Cause I was calling her Laura. It's not Laura. It's Lara, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lara Frazier. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I got the idea from her. She did something and she had gotten the idea from Denver. I reached out to her and she's just one of my favorites. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is how I did it. Do this, do that. And I did it and it flopped. Oh, my God, it flopped. And I, I, so a sober like meetup, one- just so our listeners know, Sherry. So this is like your sober meetup that you call Sober AF, right? Yes. Okay. I came and, and no one came. And I said, well, Miss, you know, baby, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And she was like, well, I don't know if you did anything wrong. It takes time. You know, just be consistent. And so I did it the next the next month. And I think one person came, you know, and I'm, I got all these gifts I'm giving out and I got live music. I mean, I'm I'm out two hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, this right. is because I'm paying for this. <laughs> and it just it just didn't happen. And then when they did come, guys, I would get nervous. <laughs> right. And. My partner would be like, baby, you have to go and, and mingle. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, yes, you, you have to go out there and this is your meetup. You're the host. And I was like, baby, I don't know what to say to these people. I don't know. I don't know. Them. <laughs> and she said, well, that this is what it's all about. You have to bring them together. And it just was disastrous. And I'm looking, of course, you know, across to Florida and 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 Lair and Austin are popping. Their stuff is popping off and everything is you know, fantastic. And I was like, baby, what am I doing wrong? And, and, and so I, I closed it down for, mm-hmm. for about three months and I started mulling it over and mulling it over and people reach out to me and they ask me, you know, how are you doing it? Or, Can you give me any advice? What should I do? And I said, you know what? I think I need to switch this up. I'm not a social butterfly. I'm, I'm a social misfit. That's why I used to drink. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can't, that's not who I am inherently, but I think I'm a giver. I'm a helper maybe I need to switch this thing up a little bit and get it to be really intimate and more purposeful. And I did that and I sold out. Hmm. Oh, wow. 
You know what I mean? It's like I, I had to just not look at what everybody else was doing and say, no, 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 no. How, how would you do this? Yeah. Right. 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 That's such a good, that's such a good lesson because you're right. You may start something and it doesn't feel right. Um, until you really start focusing on what, what is it out that you want to see? What is the thing mm-hmm. that you want to see? Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because it's, it's, I think you guys will get this. If you, if you live and breathe sobriety, it's like, it's just in you. It's burning. You know what I mean? Like you want to do the podcast, you want to help people, you want to give them ways to be successful. And like sometimes I'll cry because I'm so frustrated that I'm not where I want to be. And finally, this is close. This is close to what to this is close. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And of course, it's free now. I was trying to charge 10 bucks. They're like, we're not paying you $10. We don't even know you. you know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I said, baby, I should make it free. And she said, no, don't make it free. But it's it's just morphing and changing. And, and now it attracted um, a recovery, um, treatment facility, their director saw the, right. Right. And she emailed me and I was like, Oh my God, these are the people. These are the people. It's no longer the, it's it's no longer the community. Sometimes I feel like we're just patting each other on the back. Right. Mm -hmm. But actually getting the person that's still drinking and using, it's just all of us saying, Hey, that was a great post. Oh, you're right. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But she said, hey, I'd like to bring my program participants out. We're looking for things for them to do on the weekends. And I was like, shut the front door. These are the people. Yeah. These are the people I've been wanting. And so I'm ex- I'm excited about it. It's it's going to be really good. I'm excited for you, too, because, yeah, once you can kind of. It is hard to look out and see what other people are doing. Right. I mean, that, like you said, compare and despair. But. When you're more authentically you, which I think comes with every day that we're sober, like you get to, mm-hmm. to know the more authentic version of yourself and maybe, and having your partner, it sounds like she's a great partner because she's kind of working with you, helping you out with your, with your logo, with the events and telling you like, you need to go talk to people. <laughs> like she's like, going, okay, she's nudging you, right? She's nudging you a little bit. She's one of those normals. She's a normal, healthy, yeah, <laughs> rational. Yeah logical you know all those all those things I'm not sometimes but it, it works for us that's a good we, we need those in our lives right because yeah <laughs> but I do. well and I think it's a good lesson across the board too for 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 recovery because you know you try something and it may not completely speak to you but then you just pivot you try something else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what I don't think we we recognize even even on social media, you know, a lot of people struggle because it, it sometimes it begins to feel like the popular kids and the unpopular kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I always try to redirect people and say, don't get intimidated by somebody's crazy story. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like people are, well, how come they didn't follow me? Or, you know, how come, you know, no one's giving me whatever. Everybody's really just sharing a crazy time in their life. And that so you know my story isn't any better or worse. It's just this was my experience, but I, I, I think that they do. We they do. We do. All of us do. We we look at other people and we get intimidated. 
you know? And it's, it's like, oh my God, what my stuff has to look like theirs, or I have to be doing this. And I mean, I was guilty of it until I just said, well, no, I'm horrible at this because people were showing up and they were sitting in one corner. I was sitting in another. And my baby's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Your event. I was like, no, I can't do it. It can so, be, it can be daunting, right? Yeah. And a lot of us are introverts and a lot of us, um, you know, that's why we drank sometimes was to get out there. Um, I'm curious, how did that feel at She Recovers for you with everybody? Were you jazzed? Cause it was in, I mean, it was in Southern California and I'm sure you got to meet Lara, right? I, you know, I, I'm so glad you asked that. Cause I've been wanting to talk about that. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> for, for me, I, number one, I was, I was angry that I didn't make the investment in myself early enough. And so, and it's not that, cause I had, I, not that I, I, I had the means to do it. But I didn't, I didn't fully embrace that I could spend a weekend at the Beverly Hilton um, for the cost that, 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 that it did and, and, and really embrace recovery. I just I didn't feel like I just didn't do it. And so at the last minute, I decided to do a day pass and I drove up. Oh, I was okay. mad the whole time okay. driving up. I'm like, why the hell wasn't I there yesterday? So that was so you got one. there on Saturday. I got there on Saturday. I wasn't right. there Friday. Right. I think, and I watched your and video then, about that. I think when you were in your car, maybe. I was driving yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I was driving up. I was listening to right, yeah, yeah. Just got passed, like maybe, and I was mourning that. that I don't know why I didn't even know Aretha Franklin. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, but still, we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. There was something about her life. You know, she was she struggled with alcohol, and 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 her addiction went from that to food. And I just identified with how she persevered and was who she was in spite of that. I did a video about that, too. I mean, two kids by the age of 17. I mean, it wasn't like she wasn't handed that mantle at birth, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she she worked for that. And so I was kind of emotional. The event was about a mile away from where my mom and I, um, where I my parents divorced when I was two. And so my mom went to UCLA, but she we lived off of Sepulveda in the student housing there. And so when I got there, all of these emotions that I had kind of, Mm. I guess, forgotten about came up. And it's almost like everything that maybe sprouted my drinking career just kind of flashed, flashed in front of me. It was kind of weird. It it was, yeah, it was, it was weird for me. Then I got there and someone said served if sober. And I was like, who is that? And I was embarrassed. Mm. I was it, it, not in a bad way, but I didn't realize that someone would recognize me. Right. And then I see the only black face here. You know? <laughs> 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 like, and then you, you know, but at first I was like, oh my god, somebody knows me. Mm-hmm. And and she was kind of shy, and she's like, I just wanted to come up and introduce you, and I listened to your videos. I was like, you do. And she was like, yes, I do. And I was, I just wanted to kiss her on the lips. You know, I was like, oh my God. And that happened a few times, but I was very aware that there weren't very many women of color. I was, I was very aware of that because we we did that, we did that exercise on Sunday where, I don't know if you guys were there, it was before Taryn did the yoga, they, they did a, there was this breathing exercise. Yeah. name right and at the end of it you were supposed to find um 
a person to do this, a partner to do this exercise with. And you were going to stare in, in each other's eyes. You guys remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had also, I was recovering from a sprained ankle. So I wasn't sitting down. I was standing up. Plus, shit, I'm fat. I just couldn't, I didn't want to sit down and have to struggle trying to get up. So I was actually standing. Everybody else was sitting. I said, well, wait a minute. I want to do this exercise. And everyone partnered up really quick. And there was one person left and we just gravitated to each other. Mm. In the exercise, we both were bawling. Yeah. Like if she looked in my eyes, she started crying. I said, well, what the hell? You know, at first, you know, cause I always de- default to humor if I can. I said, well, <laughs> you know, and, and then I started getting emotion emotional and I couldn't I couldn't hold the gaze but we did it and we got through it and I had to kind of process because it takes me a minute you know yeah it happens and then I have to kind of say okay what just happened and after I realized what just happened I wanted to to thank her and then I was like okay what does she look like? I was like, well, she's white with blonde hair. How the hell am I? I couldn't find her. Oh. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still wondering who she was, what was her name. And, you know, I, I love it. I, I love the whole experience. I thought it was, was fantastic. I mean, they, they put on a great, a great weekend. Did you like the um, natural woman at the end, the song? did right you're talking about Aretha that was beautiful it was I mean it was just it was just everything and then some um and even still there weren't enough people there yeah 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 you're right I even I hope because those people I mean were there people there that that are living a successful sober life I mean it almost feels like I want to bring a buddy like, I, I wish they would do an event where you say, okay, you bring your sober self, but bring somebody that has less than 30 days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Because I had four mm-hmm. years, I felt pretty, pretty secure, you know, safe with you guys. You know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're coming four years, so we feel safe. I would have loved to have had some people there that were, that were maybe sponsored by one of us. Yeah, and you know what, I think... Um... I think uh, how I um, have been talking about the event too is like because I went to the New York event, Sherry. I kind of oh, knew how you? it. Yeah, I went to the New York event, and it was a lot, and it was great and wonderful. But it was it was um it was a lot, and even at four years sober, like or almost four years sober, going into the LA event, I felt like I kind of had to work out for it in terms of my emotional sobriety. And what do you I, mean? I went off Instagram the month before um, before she recovers LA. I meditated every day this summer I like I knew I had to get spiritually fit to kind of be grounded because I was going to be teaching a workshop there um five to six hundred women that's a lot of women in recovery Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so I felt sturdier going into she recovers LA for that reason that I kind of knew what to expect and how it might feel overwhelming it might feel like people knew me too in New York and I was like who the hell how would you know my name like Mm -hmm. I'm like but because of social media and because we had just started the pod and, um, but it felt like, like when you, like when you walked in, you're like, how do you know me? That's weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just felt kind of weird. It's funny that you say you had to work out because 
I mean, and we're being open and honest. I felt like I had to work out too, but I felt like I just need to lose some weight before I go. And I, I posted something. I said, you know what? I am not going to lose weight before I see you guys. You're going to have to just take me <laughs> as I am. Right. And I wanted to take that pressure off of myself because I kept thinking, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, these people in real life, am I going to be able to look better? Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. And and I remember just saying to myself, no, Sherry, you're not going to lose 20 pounds in three days. <laughs> right. But th- so, but this is like the beautiful exercise. I think sometimes when these things happen to us, like there are these lessons that we get to p- perhaps learn. And, and there, there are these moments where we get to, um, to have something else be our teacher. And so like the event, perhaps, I mean, it's all different things that could be gleaned, but, um, that self-acceptance, right? Maybe that was maybe that was the lesson for you to learn that in three days, you know, maybe you needed to accept this is exactly who I am and I'm going to show up exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you walked in and you were seen and heard and people knew who you were, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool to walk into a place, but it feels a little weird at first. <laughs> it was. But I, I remember texting Mai because Mai told me, she said, baby, she said, don't worry, don't worry. This is your tribe. They love you. Mm-hmm. She said, this is your tribe. They love you. I was like, baby, what am I going to do? I'm going to be the only black person there probably. And I mean, I'm thinking about all these things. Yeah. I mean, are, am I going to have someone to sit with? Or will they, you know, I'm just going through all because yeah. I am socially nervous. I don't know how I can do videos. Because really, <laughs> in person, I mean, really, I'm okay one-on-one. But like, if there's more than three people, then I kind of, I just, I don't know what to do with that. And so she kept saying, no. You're going to, this is your tribe. You're going to connect. And I felt as soon as I walked in and someone walked up to me, I was like, Hey, this, 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 these are my people, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was really cool. And then it was cool to meet people that you see on, you see on social media, but to see them in person, I had lunch with, with silly Lara and Lara Frazier. I always just call yeah. her by Instagram. Name. <laughs> and then Kristen, I had lunch with her and, and, and Sarah, um, it was a good time. Oh, well, good. going back to what are your observations, Sherry, when you walk into an event like that? Guys? You're, can you hear me? You guys there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, Sherry, what are your observations, personal observations, when you walk into an event like that and you're one of the only people of color? Uh, you know, I never... and. Uh, I, I never assume that it's the event planning ever. I never assume that. I think that people, we isolate ourselves for various reasons, right? But I, I never assume, look at these people. They didn't invite any people of color. I never think that. I never think that. Um, but, but I think that, you know, I, I just think that, that, we probably do have to figure out ways to to pull other communities in. I know for me, I used to worry about that, and and then I, you know, again, I would talk about it. My first year, I was like, "Baby, how come I'm not getting any people from Oakland? And 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 how come I'm not how come I'm not grabbing any people from from DC and you know all these huge metropolitan highly." African-American populated communities. And she said, because that's, because your experience isn't black, let me just be clear with you. <laughs> right? And I'm like, she would tell me that. I'm, God, I'm being real honest right now. But, 
And I said, what do you mean, baby? It is. I'm black. And she said, I know, but your experience isn't black. Mm. Right? Think about it. Dr. Mm-hmm. Greer and Corey and a raw diet and all this. She said, you can't worry about that. You will, you will relate to who you relate to. And it will have nothing to do when you're truly organic and authentic. It will have nothing to do with skin, with skin color. Mm. You just meet who you meet. And when I first did this, I, there was someone called me and she said, can you help my niece? My, my niece is, is an alcoholic and she's this and she's that. And guys, I wanted to help her so bad. She lived in Linwood. And I said, yes, yes, this is my first person. I'm a culture out of this thing. And um, I probably spent, I don't know, a lot of money because I called Corey. Right. And I said, Corey, we have our first person. Can she come stay with you and Dr. Greer? And can you do the whole thing? And can, can, can we do this? And she said, yes, we can do it. We'll try it. I know you want to do this. And so I was driving back and forth from San Diego to Linwood, which is just outside of Long Beach, to get her. And I'm pouring all my supplements in on her and I'm doing all this stuff. And but she didn't she just didn't identify. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She mm-hmm. just she just didn't and I wanted it for her. Oh my God, I wanted her. I, that that's who I thought my tribe was. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is it isn't. Yeah. I, I noticed that you are going to write for the temper. Have you written anything yet? Because I haven't had time to sit down and read everything that's been published so far. Holly, please forgive me. I, I've had something in my MacBook for five months. And um, it's called, uh, the title is... We, um, dear black people, recovery is not just for white people. And the the problem is it's too close. I probably need to back off of it and write something easy, like five steps to recovery. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it's hitting, it's hitting a nerve. And, and every time I get really close to it, um, I, I get a block. What should I do guys? You guys are creative geniuses. What should I do? Seriously? <laughs> Because it's it's close to finishing, and she's and she's she's not pushy at all. I think she just wants it when you have it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that you know you have a lot of shame in the African American community. You have a lot of religion, mm-hmm. right? And, and I get I get down dirty and serious about that. Um, and and you're taught at a very early age to take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. And, mm-hmm. and it's not you're praying for stuff that God has given you the power to fix yourself. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Giving you the power to fix, and you keep and you keep falling on your knees. And and so I think this piece is just real personal. It's taken me a long time to finish it. It's it's there, and I keep tweaking it and changing it, and and trying to get. I think I'm trying to pack too much. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to pack too much in it, but. You know, I think that the African-American community will come around um, probably when they feel safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just just when they feel safer. And maybe my job is not to heal the African-American community. Maybe it's to heal some white people. Mm. Right. right. Create a safer space. I mean, I just I just don't know anymore. And now I don't worry about it. I used to worry about it so bad. Yeah. And. I think my first 50 followers, and this was this was funny, they all seemed to come from Confederate states. <laughs> Interesting. And on, right? And I kept saying, why do these people see me? I'm black, I'm gay, I'm female. 
what the what the hell's going on? And Maya was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. You just keep posting your stuff and posting your stuff. And I was so fearful at first that it kind of paralyzed me. I didn't know what mm. to post. Right. Because I was like, well, I don't post the wrong thing. And then, you know, then they don't follow. You get so hung up on your little followers. And finally, I was like, you only need one. You didn't have anybody following you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's it too. It's like you just keep speaking your your what you know, telling your story, and your people are going to find you, no matter where they they're coming from. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what what has happened. And and now I just whoever you know whoever vibes with it just vibes with it, and and, and likewise, you know. It's- I think I'm drawn to. Um, I know. Um, either Instagram feeds or, or writers or blog posts or things, when they do tell me their very own experience, when I start reading someone that's like, we got this and we're in this together and we, 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 which I know unity is a big thing in our communities, but I like hearing, um, you know, someone's very personal experience if they're brave enough to share it. Right. Cause it takes some, it takes some digging deep. Like you're saying, you have this piece and you're putting so much in it and maybe like, probably pulling back and looking at like, what do I really want to say here? Um, Mm -hmm. And probably your partner's probably read your work and is probably a good um, sounding board. Maybe, I don't know with my writing, I like to just um, do the shitty first draft, right. And just throw it all on the page. (laughs) And then, okay. So I have that. Yeah. I have got it. And then you're going to have to go back and do some hard editing, but it's, it's usually, um, I usually do best when I print it all out and look at it. Um, I have a harder time on the computer. I'm aware of a paper. I'm a tree killer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and then I can chop and move things and do that. And I can do that on paper. That's my process. Um, but if I ruminate on something for too long, that's sometimes either telling me that I don't need to write it. Because I have a lot oh. of stuff in drafts. You know, I'm just sit- It's just sitting and waiting. But if, if I'm not really pulled to finish it, um, cause I struggle with procrastination too, Sherry. So I have to differentiate the two. Like, does it, do I really need to say this? Has this been said before? Is this just to feed my own ego? You know, I do ask myself those things. Um, mm-hmm. but I, it sounds like what, what, what the title of your essay is like, I think it probably needs to be written, but you have to decide your, what you want to share about that. Right. Because the flip side of that is a lot of times things that we're resisting are the things we need to go, move towards. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's and oh my god, you guys got to have me on for another episode. <laughs> We're gonna do a seven because part series know, with Sherry. <laughs> right? I know part of it is is fear, you know, and 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 so when even when I when I look at my following, it's like I want to say it, but I want it to be received by the people I'm talking to. Does that make sense? Or is that text too weird? No, it it does make sense. And, you know, you you are, you know, there's something to be said for keeping your audience in mind when you're writing something. But then, um, you know, uh, sometimes you just have to write what you need to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm, I'm going to get it out there. You know, I, I, I've had a, enough nudgings from from different people. You know, I, I had a, a person call not not call me email me and say well you you were very fortunate you know you your experience has been different and it sounds like you had a great psychiatrist in your corner and 
and um, you know the black experience is this and it's that and I think this to be just blunt is that's exactly what the essay is about Mm. is it's about you as a black person hey we get to be healthy Mm -hmm. we get to to you can go talk to somebody for an hour and pay them to listen to you I mean why not (laughs) Mm -hmm. why not why Mm -hmm. why not to a psychiatrist and say, hey, I want to talk about me. <laughs> no, I, <clears throat> I like that. Um, and speaking of, you know, I love your little podcast, your little short podcast that you put up under Served Up Sober. Are they on iTunes or are they just on SoundCloud? I, I don't have iTunes, so. They're, they're, they're on SoundCloud and, and they're also on, on iTunes. The, the, the randoms are the easiest for me. They're the ones that I, they're usually, I'm in the car and I'm thinking about something and I just start talking. The other ones that were supposed to be organized and structured like yours, like I, I'm so jealous. It's like when, whenever I, I would say, Sherry, you're going to you're gonna do a podcast episode and pull my mic out and, and get everything in GarageBand set up and sit somewhere, I, I would freeze up. Hmm. Right? I, right. 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 I just couldn't. I don't know. I just I just well, when when I listen to your podcast, I mean, first of all, you have a lot of your epiphanies, like just like we were talking about, you know, a lot. They're universal. A lot of us have had them. But your way of articulating them is so good. And but I I really love how precious you are weren't about recording them like most of them do sound like you recorded them in a coffee shop Um, or in the car and I (laughs) I like that though like for me like I'm just uh, I admire how you put it put them out there without getting all fussy about it well it's because I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) (laughs) so I don't I just said you know what And, and it was blocking me it was it was blocking me from doing it you know, I, 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 I bought a book on podcast and then for Christmas last year, Mike got me all the stuff. She got me the mic and the, the little thing that goes behind the mic and these fantastic things. She said, babe, are you going to use your stuff? And I was like, no, when I put it on, I, I, nothing comes out. I can't talk. So she said, well, just talk in your iPhone. I love it. Right? I love it. It was such a great lesson for everyone. <laughs> just, just if you have dreams of doing anything, just start with what you've got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like, like when we asked to have you on the show, I mean, obviously we met you at She Recovers and I was uh, liking what you were doing on your Instagram feed. And, but it was also like, I look at the women that we invite on the show as being super creative. This is a show about recovery and um, and about the intersection with um, recovery and, and creativity. And you've created this life, Sherry, you know, from the time you um, stopped drinking to now you keep creating all these things and it keeps morphing and and even that doing it on your phone using what you have getting creative with it and and your events too right listening to yourself and writing this essay like I don't know I think I think it's so beautiful to kind of watch somebody in sobriety kind of figure it out and that's like the realness that you have and what you share like I'm in process of doing this it doesn't look like a beautiful Instagram grid of um you know, well, I don't know. I haven't looked at the whole grid. I've looked at them one at a time. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like it seems authentic. It doesn't seem calculated. It seems very um, real. And I think that's what people are drawn to. At least that's what I'm drawn to. 
thank you. It's it it is. Sometimes it's too real. <laughs> sometimes it's just sometimes it's just all about me. <laughs> well, yeah, that's your tag that's your tagline, right? Vulnerable is the Vulnerable new arrogant. Too arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes. It's 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 a, it's healing, you know, for me. And I, I think if you can just get one person to get to get it that this is a messy process. Mm-hmm. It's messy, it's ugly, it's it's emotional, it's all, all of those things, but it's it's so worth it. Yeah. So, well, so I'm sorry. T- tell us um tell us what you think the future looks like for you for the served up sober and your sober AF events. Like what do you where do you see that going? Well, it, I, I have a clear path. I, I'm working with, um, and I got to plug her right now. Her name is, is Kimberly O'Neill for with. Wait, who's she with? I'm sorry, the sound dropped out for just a second. Who, who, Kimberly, can you say her name again? Kimberly O'Neill. Okay. With Cause Studio, C-A-U-S-E, okay. Cause Studio. Thank you. She's out of Dallas, I think. And what, she, what her organization does as, is it incubates people that want to start up nonprofits and she works with you for like three years. Mm-hmm. So she's been working for, with me for two years. Right? It's taken okay. me two years to, to get my nonprofit off the ground, but I'm so close. And, and so finally about five months ago, she said, you need, right. You, you, you need to do the work. It doesn't have to be big. It has to be purposeful and it has to be measurable. You need to, we need to finally find out if your vision for served of sober has a place in the community. And so that's when I really got targeted with the, with the. And I, I think we're really, really close. This, this next series of events that I'm doing is I'm going to do the, the next 12 series will really drill down what it means to live a sober life. So it's not about me being social. It's not about me hosting anything. Um, They're all going to be set up in more like a workshop fashion. Um, And they really would just drill down what I think the the served up sober nonprofit will do, which is actually serve as a recovery community organization. So an RCO, as as I think was what they call them, to look sound like that I don't want it to feel like that I want it to feel almost like the sober AF events that I'm doing and so I'm very intentional now because this is marching me towards the opening of the nonprofit in 2019 and so that's that's where we are the nonprofit is going to be fantastic the hours are going to be crazy like it's going to be open from (laughs) noon to midnight right at those hours when we need it yeah I don't I don't need eight to five I need something at eight in the evening so right. it'd be open like from noon to midnight. There'll be like a brainstorming room in there with with whiteboards everywhere where people can just pull somebody off the couch and say, Can you come help me solve this problem? And my kids are driving me crazy, whatever. And you can do you can do that. There'll be a library um where program participants donate, you know, their favorite book that got them through. There'll be a kombucha bar. There'll be it just I just have the vision and finally she said, Well, you've got to start doing the work before you open the doors. Right. Yeah. So you're planning them once a month, mm-hmm. and then you're holding them where? So I hold them at a place called the Brown Building. Last 
uh, the Brown Building is located in Azalea Park, and it's also a nonprofit, a woman that has opened it up to, to really support community and hold space, I guess, for people like me. So they, they, I don't have a definite day. Like I can't say it's the second Saturday of every month. I can't, it's not quite that organized yet, but Mm -hmm. they are monthly and they're, they're theme driven. And so the first one that we'll do, um, we'll talk about building a sober routine. And then the next one we'll talk about, you know, some of the tools that, that I think are, have been really instrumental for me and and how do you apply those? Maybe I'll get more comfortable being social and we'll do a social gathering, but now it's just going to be doing the work, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's doing tools and, and, you know, whether you have relapsed and you need to come back or whether you're new to the game and, and just need some resources and support, that's it in a nutshell. That's awesome. Well, that's for 2019. That's like just right around the corner. Oh, it's coming. I can't wait. I cannot wait to open my little raggedy doors, you know, and the thing is, I had to admit that it's not going to be big. Mm, I mean, it might be. I mean, who knows? Somebody may just drop a million dollars in my pocket, but it might be small and it might be, Mm -hmm. you know, consignment store furniture. (laughs) I had to to accept that. Well, we can yeah. help you with. We'll fly in and help you with that, right, Sandra? We got. I, we got a good eye. Yeah, <laughs> I would love it. I would. Lo- you know what? That's. A, you know what? That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That to be able to reach out to the community and say, painting party. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, I'm going to call you when I come down at Christmas yeah. time. I'm going to see my father-in-law down there, so I will. I will text you and say, "Hey, want to have coffee?" Oh, please do. Yeah, please I will. do. I would love it. I, will. I would love it. Oh, well, we're, have we, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Sherry. Yeah. This has been I, so great. Thank you for Sherry. having me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, so this is the part yeah. of the podcast where we kind of wind things down. And I know we could talk to you for, for uh, hours, but we are going to share um, some items from your unruffled toolbox for our listeners. I just got a text and a, some, or an Instagram message. I forget how they all come in. But um, some people were saying, do you have a list of all your toolbox items for the podcast? I'd like to just access those. And I was like, no, we're not that organized. Wow. <laughs> we're not right. that organized. Can we hire you to compile <laughs> the yeah, list? That would be great. But I like it that our listeners really like this part of the show where we share three things from um, our Unruffled Toolbox, which could be creative related sobriety related whatever's going on for you right now that is kind of your go-to thing that helps you so do you have three things for our listeners i definitely do number one i am a huge supplement person and and so so usually what will happen for me if i if i feel like i'm waning or my sobriety is in jeopardy it generally will start with my supplements and so I, I use anything from 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 Paul Stamets. He does organic mushrooms um, that kind of just support organic, healthy health. And so I do that regularly. Any any of the, um, you know, the Gaia supplements, Adrenal Health, Astragalus Supreme, and those are my go-to. So supplements are number one. Great. And and then the 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 second thing that I do is is body work. I'm I'm big. I, I will run, get a massage, in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> If, totally. if something starts stressing me, um, you know, I'm into body work. I'm definitely into to, to energy work, chiro, acupuncture, all of that. 
when I first started, I used to do holistic Fridays every Friday. And I would just, I mean, of course, I'm an addicted personality, so I would do it all on one day. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I three, and then I did body work at six. And it, I loved it. I lived for it. So body work is number two. And then number three, my go-to book is The Slight Edge. I've read it probably nine times. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get stuck on one chapter, but it's it's about making tiny little progresses over a period of time. So And that's by Jeff those Olson, are my, right? Jeff Olson. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah, my friend is. my friend Casey was friendly with Jeff Ol or not that sounded wrong. <laughs> he has a wife. <laughs> was friends with Jeff Olson because they worked with him, I guess. So um, is he is he as amazing as his book? She said, "Yeah, they they thought the world of him." Yeah, they yeah, that's my that's my favorite go to book. I mean, it's it's not a sobriety book per se, but right, that's that's what I grab when I'm when I'm feeling a little antsy. She always wanted me to read it, and I never read it. And now that you're saying it, I'm going to read it. So thank you. It's a great tool. There, yeah, yeah. Well, well where can people find you, Sherry? At Served If Sober, everywhere. I mean, I'm always on the gram. Um, my tells me, you get off of the damn gram. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is at Served If Sober. Um, so Instagram at Served If Sober. Facebook is Served If Sober. I'm not a big Facebook person. I'm trying to get better. Um, and then the website um, blog that's going to be morphing more into a website to talk more about um, what we're doing in 2019 for the community. But ServedUpSober.com. Yeah. I and love we it. look You're forward so- to your essays on the temper. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For the <laughs> I'm just going to print it out because right now it's in my MacBook and it's staring at me like, you know, are you going to finish me? I'm going to print it out and, and do it. Right. It's Mess great. it up. Yeah. Get a good pen. Get a good red <laughs> pen like a teacher. <laughs> I will oh. do it. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> Sherry. I th- thank you, you so much awesome, for taking the Sherry. time this morning. We love you. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.